Paranormal Investigations Hawaii from the case files of Harry Wong, Paranormal Investigator. Short Scares Number 2 The Christmas Menahune. Since I kind of hate crowds, despise traffic, and try to avoid people in general, and I'm also not particularly fond of children running around screaming and asking stupid questions, you can guess that I'm not a big Christmas person. But sometimes you get stuck going to family gatherings because if you don't show up, you're going to get stink eye from your relatives all year round. So. With some liquid courage, I can usually coerce myself to one of these parties. The upside was that I always get asked to tell the story of the Christmas Menahumi, which was a good way to scare the crotch fruit and keep them away from me for the rest of the night. So here I am at my cousin Alan's Christmas party and it was no different this year. His snot goblins were at the age where they were particularly obnoxious, so I was looking forward to scaring the bejesus out of them this year. Hey kids, who wants to hear the story of Makahiki, the Christmas Menahuni? Me! Okay, gather around kids and make sure you are ready when shishi because you might pee your pants when the story is over. <laughs> A long, long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away. Hey, that's Star Wars. You're supposed to say once upon a time. Oh yeah, that's right. Once upon a time, there was a Menuhuni named Makahiki who lived with his Menuhuni kinfolk in a forest next to the pineapple plantations in Wahewa. Now, Menhuni were small, magical people who helped the big people by building things for them. They built fish ponds, temples, roads, and most everything else back then. But as Menhunis go, Makahiki was the smallest of them all. He could barely lift or use any of their stone tools, so he always came in last when it came to the daily quota of the things they built. The other Menhunis laughed and made fun of him, which made Makahiki very sad. Now, ever since the plantation workers started celebrating Christmas, Santa Claus visited them every Christmas Eve to drop off toys to all the good boys and girls. Most people may be unaware of this, but Santa had an evil counterpart named Krampus a malevolent, demonic, horned creature who also visited every Christmas Eve to punish the naughty children and to eat the worst ones. He would bite into their arms, rip it out of their sockets, and then chew it up, dripping blood and kitty flesh all over the place, swallow it up, and then he would bite off their... Hey, tone it down a bit. You're going to scar them for life. Oh, sorry, Alan. (laughs) 
Anyway, where was I? Oh yeah. So, on this one particular Christmas Eve, Makahiki, who came in last again on the daily Menahuni build quota, ran away from his forest home just around midnight to escape the teasing from his fellow Menahunis. He cried as he ran, the taunts still echoing in his head until his little legs almost gave out. He stopped, and wouldn't you know it, he found himself right at the edge of the big people plantation just as Santa Claus arrived to drop off toys to the boys and girls. Makahiki watched in fascination as Santa rode his sleigh with his eight reindeer and landed on each plantation house to drop off presents. But he noticed there were some houses Santa didn't visit. Makahiki remembered overhearing the big people say that Santa only gave presents to the good boys and girls. So he thought that the houses Santa skipped must have been where the bad boys and girls lived. Then, almost as soon as he arrived, Santa finished and flew off again onto his next location. Makahiki thought Santa must be a special, magical big person. He'd never seen any other big people do magic before. He thought about all the good boys and girls who will wake up with new toys in the morning, and this made him happy so happy that he forgave the Menuhuni who made fun of him. He was just about ready to return home when he heard another noise from up in the sky. He looked up to see what he thought was another sleigh, but no, it was a flying chariot, pitch black in color. It was so dark that it was almost invisible in the night sky. Leading the chariot was what looked like a winged black horse, but it was like no horse Makahiki ever saw. It was huge, as big as a house, but something was wrong with it. The horse looked dead. There were big patches of skin and flesh which fell off as the horse flew overhead. One piece almost hit Makahiki. He jumped out of the way as the dead horse flesh landed where he stood a moment earlier. Then it burst into flames and burned the ground around him. He quickly stomped on the fire to put it out before it spread. Makahiki then caught a glimpse of the rider and felt a fear he had never known before. It was a large creature over seven feet tall. Its eyes were pits of black flame. Its teeth were sharp daggers that dripped blood. It bore a set of horns that glinted sharp and deadly in the moonlight. Because the big people never spoke of him, Makahiki did not realize this was the demon known as Krampus. Makahiki hid in the pineapple fields and prayed that the monster wouldn't see him. The black chariot flew over him and landed near the plantation houses with a soft thud. Krampus stepped out as the black horse breathed the plume of fire into the air. He headed to one of the houses which Santa did not visit, a house where one of the naughty children lived. Makahiki's first instinct was to run far away, but he felt a protectiveness of these big people. After all, 
even though he couldn't build as fast as the other Menohuni, he always put all his effort into every road, house, temple, and fish pond because he knew the big people depended on the Menohunis, depended on him to keep them safe. He then knew what he had to do. Makahiki ran to the edge of the pineapple field until he reached the road that separated the field from the plantation houses. He looked around desperately for a weapon before Krampus returned. There were only a few small branches, old vines, and rocks on the ground. How could he fend off the monster with these? Then an idea struck him. He found several pineapple vines and wove them into a sling, then gathered all the rocks he could find in the area to use as ammunition. He hid behind a bush and waited, but he didn't have to wait long when Krampus crept out of the house shortly with a child in his arms. The child wore a bag over his or her head and struggled to escape without success. Krampus carried the child to his chariot, laid it inside, and ripped the bag from the child's head. Makahiki saw with horror that it was one of the little girls whose house he helped build. She started crying and screaming when she saw Krampus, but her screams had no effect this far from the house. No one was coming to save her. Krampus savored his victim's dread. This made him smile, which revealed a seemingly endless number of sharp, pointed teeth as he prepared to take a bite out of the little girl. Makahiki froze in terror and thought about running away for a second until he looked into the little girl's wide, frightened eyes and thought about all the times he was picked on and bullied, the fear he felt, and the wish that someone would come and help him. A righteous, burning anger then flowed through him, which ceased all rational thought until only action and resolve remained in his gut. Krampus bent down to take a bite out of the little girl when Makahiki quickly stuffed the rock into the sling, aimed for Krampus's head, and let it fly, only to have the rock fall short and hit Krampus in the leg. Makahiki groaned at his failure, but it was enough to attract Krampus's attention as he turned around to find out where the rock came from. Makahiki's instinct was to shrink down and hide, which was not difficult for a Minuhuni as small as he was. But he fought his fear and stood up tall, armed his sling with another rock and let it fly. This time, it hit the intended target as the rock flew squarely into Krampus's eye. Krampus groaned as he covered his eye with one of his long, taloned hands. His attention was fully on Makahiki now, who bravely stepped forward and let fly a flurry of rocks with each one hitting its mark. Get away from her! Makahiki cried in his best English as Krampus retreated from the volley of rocks while Makahiki advanced on him. Makahiki was almost within reach of Krampus when he reached into his pouch for another rock and found that it was empty. He was out of ammunition. Krampus put his arms down slowly from his defensive posture and smiled at Makahiki. You're not even worthy of a snack, but you might do as an appetizer. 
Krampus growled as the tables turned and he now stalked towards Makahiki. The Menahuni retreated back into the pineapple field, but Krampus was quick for his size. He reached Makahiki in no time. With his initial adrenaline depleted, a desperate fear gripped Makahiki and he grabbed the first thing he could find to use as a weapon, a pineapple. Makahiki threw the pineapple at Krampus in a last-ditch frantic attempt. It hit Krampus in the face and surprisingly, the pineapple split open. The pineapple juice splashed into Krampus' eyes and face, which caused him to howl an ear-hissing shriek of pain. The juice burned him as if it were acid. Krampus stumbled backwards blindly. Makahiki then took the offensive and lobbed several more pineapples at Krampus. Each one broke open and showered him with burning pineapple juice. Krampus' face and skin emitted smoke as it burned from the liquid. He continued screaming. The undead horse screamed back in response, guiding its blinded master back to the chariot. Makahiki had to act quickly to save the girl. He abandoned his pineapple onslaught and raced past Krampus to the chariot. The girl cowered under the seat. Makahiki jumped into the chariot and, although the girl was twice his size, he pulled the girl under his back and leapt off the chariot. Once he was safely on the ground, he gently lifted the girl to her feet. She immediately raced back to the safety of her house. Makahiki turned just in time to see Krampus crawl up and fall into the chariot. Then the undead horse flew into the air and disappeared into the night. Finally, safe from the demon, Makahiki crumbled to the ground, exhausted but jubilant. He had defeated the monster Krampus and saved the children this Christmas Eve. Word of Makahiki's deeds got back to the Menahunis, and he became a hero. They made him leader of the build team, and many beautiful and wondrous structures were created during his time. The plantation workers started putting pineapples in their children's stockings to keep Krampus away. This practice was passed down to their children, and their children's children, and so forth, until it became a tradition up until this day. And that's how it came to be that we put pineapples in children's Christmas stockings. We didn't get a pineapple in our stocking. Yeah, I didn't get one in my stocking. What? Oh no, you're going to get eaten by Krampus tonight. <coughs> and another Paranormal Investigations Hawaii Christmas story ends as it should with the sound of terrified children screaming. Merry Christmas! You have been listening to Paranormal Investigations Hawaii from the case files of Harry Wong, Paranormal Investigator, a fictional podcast. He's the littlest man Couldn't eat them He's the littlest man now
you 